You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. I think the Philadelphia Phillies just hit another home run. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Brunson. It's the players, the hustlers, the people, the bust them, and everybody else in between. If you tuned in to, to Game Time Decisions tonight, we actually talked about playing everybody in the Philadelphia Phillies lineup to hit a home run. And we kidded about it. And it's not so funny that we didn't take everybody. I, I All I hit was Kyle Schwarber. I had a Kyle Schwarber at plus 375, which normally I'd be happy about, but I was like, I cannot believe I didn't do this. Me and Donnie Wrightside joked about it. Some guy out there won $100,000 tonight at DraftKings. He took Schwarber, Harper, Marsh, and Hoskins all to hit a home run. $100 paid $100,000. Because we were kidding. I swear to you, if you tune into the show, whatever, you know, you know we, we talked about it. I'm even getting tweets about it saying, oh, my God, you guys talked about this. We wouldn't have won. We basically said, I said, man... I said, Schwarber can hit a home run. Harper can hit a home run. We're going off, but everyone can hit a home run. And then I said, man, imagine we just took everyone in the Phillies lineup to hit a home run. And then Donnie said, yeah, what if we parlayed it? He goes, well, let's parlay everyone to hit a home run on the Phillies. Ha, ha, ha. He goes, I bet you it pays like a million dollars. Well, only four of them paid 100000 Son of a bitch. My. Oh. Are you kidding me? Whatever, he was tipping his pitches. He was tipping his pitches. They prop to the Phillies for figuring it out. The Astros will be better tomorrow. They're not going to panic or anything. The problem is for them, now they're they're not in a must-win situation, but they're in a better-win situation tomorrow. Right? They're gonna, and I'll tell you what. You saw it with Houston today. They swung at the first pitch and the first two at-bats of the game. Which I get it, you're being aggressive and stuff, but you're also putting them in a good situation. You're really, like, giving them confidence, right? It's like a quick three and out. You know what I mean? Like, dude, that, that, the, the, the top of the first inning tonight was literally, like, 17 seconds long or something, right? Everyone's all, like, think about it. People in Philadelphia are going crazy. They're nut jobs in, 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 the, in, the, in the city, in the stadium. They had the pregame show and the introduction. Like, the fans are really going nuts. Like I said, I've never seen anything like it. So they're going crazy. And then you come up to bat. What's the best thing you can do? Delay it. Draw it out. Get the pitcher to throw a million pitches. Bore the crowd. Take them out of it. Get a guy on base. Just sort of slow it down. Right? Instead, Houston played right into their heads. Houston came out, first pitch of the game, boom. It was uh, it was knocked to Castellanos, El Tuve. It looked like it was going to be a hit. Great catch by it, and then the crowd goes even crazier. Next pitch, another defensive play, right? And it was like, oh, my God, two pitches, two outs. And then, boom, right away, home run start, right? If you're Houston, you better get a lead tomorrow. Like, that stadium is insane. And I can back up how insane it is. 
level three. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morency. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people, the bust them, and everybody else in between. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates, wherever you may be. What's up, SoCal? The Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Steve Merrill will join us in a couple of moments. We'll talk some NFL football, college football, and more. In fact, we really haven't gotten into the college football rankings uh, all the way through. There's actually a top 25 that I want to go through, and there's a lot of scenarios that can still play out. So there's still this, man, it's too early to, like, argue or debate the rankings, but obviously I want to share them with you. Um, The Philadelphia Phillies, victorious tonight. And we often talk about how home field advantage doesn't really mean anything in the modern sports era and pretty much all the sports. It's just not the same anymore. There's always exceptions to the rule. And Philadelphia is an exception to the rule. Philadelphia are now 6-0 and on their home field. And there's definitions of you hear, you know, often the cliche, it's going to be a madhouse. It's going to be crazy um, and all that. Well, dude, that really is a madhouse. I have never seen. I've been watching baseball, you know, since 1976, right? The world's and my first baseball memories are like 1975, but the World Series 76. Um, so, anyways, you know, I've seen a lot of baseball games. I've been to a lot of baseball games. I've been in every major cities and you know New York and LA and all this stuff. I've never seen anything like the crowd in Philadelphia tonight. Never like anything like that. They were rabid earlier. Like in, in they've been rabid in the playoffs all the way through. It's like, man, this this is lit. Like these guys are insane. But it's insane, insane. And how insane was it tonight? There was actually a earthquake from the stadium. Guys, the stadium registered on the Penn State University seismograph. They, they they had to release they are on Twitter. No, it's not an earthquake. It's just the Phillies. The city of Philadelphia is physically shaking, and they have the chart. Dude, you saw when they were hitting home runs, the stadium was shaking. Like, the cameras couldn't stay still. And it's not by design. Those cameramen are good. They can't stop it. The, like, the, 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 the whole place is moving. And, you know, man, imagine all the plays, all the noise in Philadelphia. Like, they literally had a seismic move at, on their earthquake graph. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Sirius XM Channel 159 on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates, wherever you may be. The party continues in the PA, Philadelphia Phillies, ambush the Houston Astros uh, tonight. And it's all about Philadelphia and Houston. The Philadelphia Eagles actually take on the Houston Texans on Thursday night uh, football. We are in the Super Contest. And we haven't played a ton of Thursday night games uh, this year, but I think this 
Could be one worth playing, although the number is climbing. Steve Merrill, a member of the Shady Five, wagertalk.com, steps up and in. Steve, always a pleasure. How you doing tonight? Doing well, Gabe. What's going on? Well, um, what's going on is the World Series and uh, the NFL, college uh, football. There's a lot of stuff going on. Countdown to, uh, to college basketball is now on. I've got a lot of work to do and get caught up as far as college basketball is concerned. i got enough problems with college football and NFL football, Steve. Yes, I guess next Monday, November 7th, is a huge card of college hoops. You know, they used to kind of trickle in a game here or there, and they don't mess around anymore. They basically give us an opening night. Yeah, remember, for a while, they had the 24-hour marathon, actually, which is yeah. pretty cool. I don't I don't know if they're – I don't think they do that anymore for whatever reason, but it was pretty crazy. I remember, too, I lost on a game once because it was like 6 in the morning on the East Coast, Steve. I think the Manhattan Jaspers played at 6 a.m. And I was like, there's no way in hell – that these teams are going to be able to hit shots at six in the morning in New York City. They did. The game skyrocketed over the number, so can never really. You know, it was an interesting handicap, Steve. I'll tell you that. You know, I liked it. It was a fun. It was a fun, unique thing to have 24 hours straight of college basketball on like that. Yeah, my guess is COVID probably killed that. I don't remember exactly the last time they did it, but it might have been right up until like you know 2019, and then um, like Nevada would always have like a 2 a.m. game. It'd be 11 Pacific, and then Hawaii would be four, which exactly. would be like 11 their local time. But you're right, the um, the East Coast team always had the bizarre one, and it was always like a Metro Atlantic team, like you know Fairfield. Yeah, because they'd be happy to be part of it, right? Iona. Yeah, because they'd be happy to be part of it. Right. You know yeah, I mean, I mean, like... just, they're, they're kind of ones that drew the short straw. The other guys are playing like 11 o'clock p.m. local, which isn't awful. Like Kentucky's not going to play at six in the morning. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like Michigan's not playing at six in the morning. Uh, but if you're the Manhattan Jaspers and they're like, well, listen, you want to be on ESPN? That's the good news. The bad news is you're on you're on it uh, at six a.m. So yeah, college basketball starts, and we're gonna we're gonna start to ramp up our college basketball talk, and as in we better start talking college uh, basketball and uh, do a season preview. Uh, but so Philadelphia, you know, dominates Houston uh, tonight. The World Series is going on. But as I alluded to, the numbers has gone up uh, for Thursday night's uh, football game. I thought 13 was light. And, it, you know, I saw the 13 sitting there. I said, wow. I mean, this, this, you know, this could be 16 and a half, 17, uh, actually. And I think people would still not want to bet on the Houston Texans. It has hit the key number of 14. And for anybody wondering about, well, is this a letdown for the Philadelphia Eagles? Jalen Hurts, their quarterback, is from Houston. So it's actually a homecoming for the star quarterback at the Philadelphia Eagles, which means, no, it's not a letdown. But it's fascinating to me that you got Philadelphia-Houston World Series and now Philadelphia-Houston Thursday night football. Yeah, keep in mind, though, the Texans maybe have only won one game this season. They've only lost one of their seven games by more than 10 points. And, in fact, every one of their other losses has been by seven or less. So this is a big number. And um, the Eagles have Washington on deck. So it's not like there's a it is a divisional game, but it's not like a huge look ahead. But it's still just three days of rest and travel and having to win by more than two touchdowns. It's really uncharted territory. I don't, I'm not sure we've ever seen even a 14 point favorite in general on Thursday night. I definitely don't think we've seen a 14 point road favorite, but we don't even see like double digit favorites that often on Thursday night football. No, you're right. I can't, I can't ever recall. I'm sure throughout the week, it'll come up. Um, you know, but last week, you're right. Listen, it was a little deceptive though, Steve, the Texans got their ass handed to them by the Titans. And all the Titans did was just run the ball on every play. I mean, it was 17-3 all game. They scored, a, yeah, they literally scored with like 30 seconds left, right? And then it got blasted the week before. I think, you know, if you look at the Texans, I don't know what happened, Steve. The wheels have just sort of fallen off. I mean, you know, no one ever thought they were going to be a good football team, but they were competitive earlier in the season, right? You know, I liked them against the Raiders. I thought, you know what, man, I'm not sure the Raiders should be this big of favorites against the, against the Texans. Texans were coming off the nice win against the Jags at 13-6. They go into Las Vegas. The wheels fall off. They lose by 18. And then last week, they were pretty bad against the uh, the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, and keep in mind, both the Raiders and the Texans were coming off bye week. So Houston had that bye when they needed it after a slow start, but they didn't benefit from playing a team that wasn't off a bye. And that game was actually tight early. The Raiders really pulled ahead. Yeah. It's kind of the opposite of last week. But you bring up a good point about the running game. I mean, you know, Malik Willis makes his first start as a true rookie. He wasn't even tested. He threw the ball 10 times, six completions, 40 yards. They just could not stop the run. The big mismatch here, though, if you look at the stats, is Houston's one of the worst passing offenses in the NFL, probably the worst. Not a surprise they're a bad team. Eagles' pass defense has been light out, lights out this year. 4.8 yards per pass allowed is just incredible. So that's what would concern me here because when Houston gets behind, they're not going to be able to throw the ball, which eliminates, you know, the backdoor cover potential. You look at Philadelphia, too, and I don't think, you know, they don't have to put up 40 points. Like you just said, Houston are extremely offensively challenged right now. And 
And if you look, like, even if they get to 24, right? 20, you know, 24-10, you know, I'd, I'd be surprised, actually, if they were held to 24 points. Like, even if they sort of mailed it in, Steve, sort of like the Bills did against the Packers, you know what I mean? They sort of got up and they took the pedal off the metal, which they normally don't do, but they actually did. They got soft on Sunday night. I could see the Eagles sort of doing the same thing, you know, kick the crap out of them early and they just sort of coast and run the ball for the rest of the game. Well, I mean, one thing that's certain over the last 30 years I've been doing this is that if you blindly played home dogs of two touchdowns or more, you've made money in the NFL. In fact, if you blindly played double-digit home dogs, you've made money. Um, it's not quite what it was in the 90s, obviously. Uh, no, it's more right. you know, offensively, more prolific. And like I said, they don't throw the ball well. That's a concern, but it's a big number. There's been a twist, though. You're right. Listen, it's you know, it, it, you're exactly right, Steve. I remember, I remember playing in the in the super contest in like 2011 or 2012, and I could tell you what the five consensus picks were going to be every week. The biggest underdogs, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. wh- whoever the double-digit dog was, I could guarantee it was like, oh yeah, they're just, people are just going to take it because, as you stated, you know, the general public doesn't want to deal with a horrible football team, and you're getting some massive amount of points. But like everything, it's fluid. And over the last couple of years, Steve, the double-digit teams have actually covered for the most part. Like, the the oddsmakers have sort of gotten it right, I think. Yeah, and what's interesting, too, is like last week, there wasn't a single person on earth that I thought liked the Packers. And all the shows I was listening to all week said it was going to be a blowout. But then I do my consensus report every you know weekend for wagertalk.com, and I had eight games last week, the most that have made the cut all year, and that Bills-Packers was not one of them. You know, there's a little bit of a lean to Buffalo, but the public starts to kind of shy away from laying two numbers. touchdowns yeah yeah and and this one philly's definitely going to be the consensus play here but it probably won't be the heaviest one or two of the week though no i i, I agree i think yeah, i don't know if it's a smarter crowd or yeah people people don't want to lay points you're right look i'm a diehard bill fan i wasn't in love with it i thought anytime steve you lay that type of number bro i'm always just thinking about the back door right no matter how bad the team is that you know what i mean if they're getting a ton of points i always just imagine well if you're, so basically, guys, you know, case in point, let's say they're up by 20. Philadelphia is winning 37 to 17 with uh, 52 seconds left, and Houston score a touchdown, you lose, right? That's the type of stuff that I hate when you lay the big number, Steven. That's essentially what happened with Buffalo. It's it exactly what happened. Yeah. yeah it, it was yeah, a fluky like, touchdown oh, pass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, they didn't show up or Green Bay played with them. No, Buffalo got up early and just stopped trying, Steve. Yeah, I mean, I think the Green Bay had something like 97 total yards all night until like the 40-some-yard touchdown pass, you know? And, yes, it's Aaron Rodgers versus the Texans quarterback combination, but, you know, still, they've been pretty anybody bad offensively this pass. year. Yeah, yeah, anybody can throw a team that's it. Anything, anything can happen. Yeah, generally, I pass on these games. Over the years, I've always been the underdog guy in a spot like that, or I'll just pass on it. Recently, I've sort of been laying points more in these situations, but honestly— I don't want to relive a bad memory, Steve, but let's go back to the Buccaneers, man, when they were laying a ton of points on the road. They lost the game outright to the Panthers. Yeah, and if you look at the Panthers, though, they played really well last week offensively. You know, P.J. Walker, your boy, P.J. Walker from yeah, the uh, Houston delivering. XFL. Yeah, the, I mean, he threw like the a six, <laughs> Yeah, the Roughnecks. It's like a 64, 68-yard touchdown, basically semi-Hail Mary last week. I mean, they're really playing well offensively, and we haven't seen that yet of the Texans. And they're, again, on a short three-day week. It, it's hard to imagine Houston's going to start turning their problems around, though. Yeah, you know what I said about P.J. Walker? He's like Heineke. They just sort of win. You know what I mean? I wonder how many other guys that aren't stars, they're like, well, he's not really good enough to be a starter that would actually be better than your starter and actually win football game uh, for you. More with Steve Merrill on the other side, the late-night class. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan. Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. 
That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. With the Tuesday continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morenci throwing it down on Sirius XM Channel 159. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates, the mightier 1090 ESPN radio and a 50,000 watt juggernaut. San Diego, Los Angeles in the house. And of course, 97.1, the freak, Dallas, Texas. Shout out to everybody tuning in in Denver, Colorado as well in the late night hours. Steve Merrill, wagertalk.com, prosportsinfo.com joining us uh, right now. So, Steve, the college football playoff rankings. Uh, were released. The Tennessee Volunteers are the number one team in the country uh, right now. Ohio State, two. uh, Georgia, three. Clemson, four. Michigan, five. Alabama, six. TCU, seven. Now, I'm not here to debate uh, debate the, uh, the rankings, and they really don't matter, Steve. The first rankings are never the last rankings anyway, so it's not really worth uh, breaking down. But I do find it interesting, actually, Uh, So we've got Tennessee and Georgia, of course, playing each other uh, this week. And, Steve, this is the largest line uh, on a game between the number one ranked and number two ranked teams in the country. Going back to 2013, Florida State was a nine-point favorite over Auburn, but it just kind of feels strange suddenly saying the number one ranked Tennessee volunteers. And uh, So I guess, Steve, uh, are the mainstream media of Georgia wins, I guess technically it's an upset. Never mind the fact they're eight-and-a-half-point favorites, right? (laughs) Yeah, and of course, it depends on, uh, you know, which poll you're looking at also. I got to figure out what to do. I do my top 25 video every week for Wager Talk TV, wagertalk.com. And I usually use the AP poll. And there's also a coaches poll, don't forget. And, you know, they'll vary a couple points at, like, the bottom there on the 24th, 25th teams. But now the, um, you know, the college football playoff rankings actually goes all the way through 25 as well. That's and, the real uh, one now. That's yeah, the so real new rank. I guess the, that's the, the one AP, I think use. Yeah, I use. I I acknowledge the AP. I don't acknowledge the coaches' poll. I don't either. No, yeah. no. The AP is definitely the one I use on a weekly basis coming up yeah. to this. Um, but what's interesting though is that Georgia is still number one in the AP. Tennessee is number two, and if you look at the coaches' poll, Georgia's number one and Tennessee's number three. Yeah, we'll give so, the coaches credit for this actually. After yeah, they I mean, but, their poll. <laughs> but the computer poll, the uh, the playoff ranking, Georgia's third. You know, so it's a pretty big difference between the AP and the computer poll. That's whacked. Yeah, and it just—I mean—but what's the formula? It's a good like quarter of the computer poll is still the uh, the the voting polls, right? Yeah, it's part voting polls, part committee, part computer, part everything. It's like a hybrid of uh, of everything, but it doesn't matter because everybody's playing each other, so there's no need to really panic about it. But I always get a kick out of that, Steve, when they say and a big upset, right? And you know what? Right. It actually bothered me. It actually bothered me when um, when LSU. LSU beat Ole Miss actually a couple of weeks ago. And I heard them say that on TV. They said, oh, and, and LSU upsets Ole Miss. And I was like, they, they were favorites in the game, man. Like, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, I understand the rankings. And it also bothered me. I don't call kids out for storming the field. You go to college, you're getting drunk, you're going to owe a ton of money when you get out of there. So you, better, you might as well have a couple of good times and get on the field uh, once or twice. But LSU have won championships, Steve. So, you know, and they, they were like, oh, and LSU pulls the upset and the kids storm the field and stuff. I'm like, you won the championship two years ago, guys. You know, beating Ole Miss isn't storming the field uh, worthy. But you got to love the passion of the SEC and uh, and college football. But what's your early lean here, uh, Steve, with um, with Georgia and Tennessee? David Purdom is saying that uh, Caesars took a $50,000 bet on the Georgia Bulldogs at eight and a half. And it did open at uh, nine and it came down a little bit. What do you think of the number? Who do you like in the game early in the week right now? Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, this is a high-profile game, and it is football, so a $50,000 bet could just be completely recreational. Be, be, be curious. 
yeah, you know, it'd be interesting to see who that is. But, but no, no, but you know what, say, Steve, if the bet, let me just sort of say, if that bet was made on the morning of the game or something, I'd look at it differently than a guy that bet it earlier in the week. Because I saw it, for, I, I know what you mean, because I was at Aria once during the bowl season. It was uh, years ago. Tim Tebow was actually still playing. I remember it was Tim Tebow versus Cincinnati, but I was at Aria in Vegas, uh, and some dude walked up, and he dropped four, Texas Longhorns were playing in a bowl game. And dude walked up, and he dropped 40K cash. He you know, busted out a stack, you know, ding, ding, ding. He had like five stacks, and bam, bam, bam. He put it on the counter, 40K. And everybody in the room noticed, and ooh, ooh, ah, and like went up, and I asked the guy at the window, I said, uh, is that guy a regular? What's the deal? Like, you know what I mean? He's, how much did he bet? It was a lot of money. He goes, all right, just bet 40K on the Longhorns. I said, you ever seen him before? He goes, yeah, I've seen him before. He goes, he's staying here. He's a tourist from Texas. He's just a rich oil guy or something. like. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he just bet as a fan. But I would say somebody that bets early in the week, Steve, wouldn't just be some recreational guy. So, so who are you saying they took? They took Georgia minus eight and a half, you're saying? Yeah, for 50K. Yeah, well, I mean, if they are sharp, they're not very sharp because right now, Circa has seven and a half. Westgate and South Point have minus eight. So but that's I mean, everybody, yeah, but you know, maybe he just he liked Georgia and he read the market wrong, right? Yeah, he could have, but like at eight and a half, though, it's not even. I mean, nine's a dead number. Eight's somewhat key. So it well, where he went sense. wrong, he clearly thought it was going to go up and not down. That's I guess, where, but yeah, like, that's where he though, misread like, this. To risk losing eight to gain nine, nine is just not. I mean, nine's a dead number. It's one of the you know, it's like a one percent number. So. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just my, my spidey senses on that is that you're I totally agree with you, Gabe. The one thing that's weird about it is that it's early in the week. If it wasn't early in the week, yeah, yeah. I'd say ninety five percent that's a recreational oh, God, play. There's a bunch of rich people rolling through Vegas in these casinos and yeah, stuff, I mean, right? So maybe, maybe he had a money. maybe he had a one or two day computer conference until Wednesday and had to get the bed in. You never I mean it, but otherwise it, it's a little strange. But with that said, one thing I'll point out about the rankings again, say it's a quarter polls, right? So if Georgia's one in the AP and they're third in the in the uh, computer, you know, in the, uh, the the playoff rankings, that means the computers or whatever has Tennessee even higher over Georgia, which is really weird because the point spread market obviously doesn't. Even if you take out, say, two or three points, that's like a five or six point neutral field edge for Georgia, which does kind of make you start wondering how accurate these playoff rankings are because they're not accurate. Yeah, exactly. So the computers are way off on that one and yes. whatever they're using, I don't agree with. Yeah, but let's go back to to the late, great Dave Malinsky. And I don't think they don't have it anymore. Like everything else cool doesn't exist anymore. But remember there was the, um, was it the odds makers poll? I don't know. Like basically it was like the Vegas poll. I think it was the odds makers poll. Like there was basically a betting poll and from, from, from Vegas. And it was never the same as like the AP top 25. Right. And it wasn't like totally like off, but you know what I mean? It was just different. Cause as you stated, the, Tennessee are ranked ahead of Georgia in their little playoff ranking computer and stuff in their little poll. Yeah, Georgia are eight and a half point favorites. You know, they were nine point favorites. So, all right, take home field out of it. You put them on a neutral field. They're still favorites, right? So, I guess, though, honestly, Steve, the point spreads and all this stuff, what we're talking about is irrelevant. We'll find out when they play the damn game. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Tennessee, you know, we talk about backdoor cover like Houston Texans not having it. There's never going to be a lead that is safe for Georgia in this game, you know, and Georgia is still really good defensively, and they were incredible the last couple of years, but they're not quite as incredible this year. But still, 10 points a game is pretty amazing, 5.7 yards per pass. Um, but that's against opponents that average 7.3. Tennessee's averaging 11.3. So every time they throw the ball, theoretically, is a first down this season, which is pretty amazing when you think about it that way. Um, no lead is going to be safe, especially more than a touchdown, because like you said with like the other examples, if Georgia's up by 12 or 11 or 10 late, they don't care if they give up a junk touchdown. You know, Tennessee can score at will. So it is a lot of points for a team that's averaging over 50 a game or almost 50 a game. I can't dispute it. But at the same point in time, I would a you know, devil's advocate would be that Tennessee haven't played a defense like this yet. And I know, I mean, I know Florida, Florida moved the ball a bit last week. That's a rivalry game. Georgia tightened up when they had to uh, in the game. Like this is going to be the next level. I don't know, Steve. I almost get the feeling that Tennessee win the game outright or they're going to get killed. Like, there's almost no in between. I, you know, that's, uh, I almost think like the points don't matter, like, in a way. Like, they're either going to get overwhelmed and their offense is going to implode and it's going to fall apart. The bubble gets burst, or they're going to go in there and just going to win the game outright. Well, I mean, Alabama's a really good defensive team, too. I don't think they're at Georgia's level, obviously, but keep in That's mind. That's a good know, point. They did go up and down the field on them. You're right. Yes. But I, I think maybe what we're missing here, maybe the over. You know, I mean, obviously, it's a big number, though. 66 for a Georgia game in which I they know, give up huh? 10 points per game <laughs> is pretty crazy. But that's this is a really good offense with Tennessee. Um, let's talk about the situational spot, too. I mean, I know that they had Tennessee Martin after the Alabama game, which was a very fortunate scheduling spot. 
But they did have a big game against Kentucky last week. I know they won easily, so maybe that makes it a little bit of a less of, you know, a fatigue factor. Um, but they've been really running up against it here. In fact, uh, when was their bye week? It was all the way back after the Florida game. It was like the You're right, though. third or fourth game of the season. So in that case, you do worry about it. And Georgia had, what, 12 days, 11 days off after that Vandy game. They had the bye. Actually, they had the bye between Vandy and Florida. So they've, this is only their second game in like three weeks. No, I, I agree as far as that Tennessee were not tested by Kentucky. It was basically a, it was a walkthrough for them. But I don't think any of that matters, Steve. They're kids, right? You know, if we're talking about a 38-year-old pro or something like that, like Tom Brady playing on three days rest, you know what I mean? But when we're dealing with 17- and 19-year-old kids, I don't think uh, I don't think it's an issue. Um, you mentioned Alabama before we get you out of here. Alabama play LSU, which is, you know, at times been the massive game of the year in the SEC. But this one actually still is critical. I mean, this is a divisional tilt. They're going head-to-head. LSU only have one conference loss. People sort of have forgotten about LSU, but they only have one one SEC loss. And to me, Steve, this is the one track meet here at 59 and a half. Like, I think this one, there's going to be a ton of points because people keep talking about this Bama defense. I don't know how good they are. I mean, it seems like a lot of teams have scored on them. Um, I know Alabama's offense is great, and LSU don't really stop anybody, but Jaden Daniels is killing it right now there. I, li- I love the over this game, Steve. Crimson Tide and the LSU Tigers. Yeah, and something I wanted to point out on that Georgia game, you know, I talk about giving up 10.5 points a game, but they've given up over 20 in like three other games this year, including Kent State, Florida last week. You're you right. know, so you, you do kind of have to, you know, some of these teams are so much better than the weak teams. Like, you know, Alabama holds Louisiana Monroe and Vanderbilt to seven and three points, Mississippi State to six. But yeah, they gave up 20 or more in three straight games against Arkansas, AM, and Tennessee. So I think you have to weigh heavier those games against quality opponents. And Bama's uh, off defense might not be shut down like it's been in years past. And LSU, I was with them over Ole Miss. I agree with you. That was not an upset. I liked them as a best bet for my clients. And um, this is an LSU team that's uh, still playing pretty hard at 6-2. and 6-2 oh, and two is a respectable record, right? I mean, it's a, it's, it's a respectable record. And this is a massive game. Listen, if they win this game, they're going to, they can be going to the SEC Conference Championship game. I just don't think they're going to be able to out. I don't think they're going to be able to stop Bama. I think they'll be able to score on Bama, but I don't think that Bama will score quicker than them. And I don't know if the math will add up, but I'll definitely be on the over. I'll tell you that. Steve Merrill, ProSportsInfo.com, WagerTalk.com. Always a pleasure, Steve. Thanks. Thanks, Steve. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Oh, that was close. You can be the center. The late night anger management class. This is Portrait. I am Gable Morenzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. We're breaking it down. Thanks to Steve Merrill uh, for joining us on the program. So, college of football playoff rankings. And as we stated, call, listen, college football fans are, gonna, are as passionate 
as uh, as any, right? So they're you know they feel slighted and they're going to get upset, and I totally get it. And college football, the powers that be actually like that stuff because they think it you know it's creating conversation. Honestly, I think this whole system sucks. To be honest, it's not a real playoff. But you know what I mean? Ooh, the committee and ooh, you know, like really. Sports are, you know, it's the only, basically, like college football and the way that it's handled, it's like figure skating. It's like, it's it's subjective and, well, who did you beat and what did you beat? So let's just cut to the chase. Let, let's go through the rankings and I'll, I'll tell you my thoughts here. There are a couple of teams that are getting screwed, but it's early and the problem is... If you are, and we've all been there, right? If you're a fan of one of these teams, like let's let, let's just say like you're a TCU fan, and you're like, this is garbage. We're ranked seventh, you know, Alabama are ahead of us and stuff. Well, it's one of those deals. Like, don't worry about it. Worry about beating Texas Tech. Worry about beating Texas, right? Like, you know, rack up the wins, and then when you're undefeated, then you know what? Then state your case, but never get ahead. You know what a good example is? I think the best analogy is actually, and it is a good analogy, it's the exact same damn thing, is UFC fighters or boxers, right? They start talking about another fighter that they're not fighting. They always lose, right? Oh, you know, I'd really like to fight Canelo Alvarez. Yeah, well, good for you, right? Like, you know what I mean? Oh, you know, uh, I'm going to fight for the belt, and, you know, this guy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick the crap out of Covington, and you don't get there, you know what I mean? Whenever guys start to think ahead about something, they don't, you don't win. And so if you're a fan, remember that before you start even talking and just, you know, wait to actually win. People don't wait to back things up nowadays anyways, but you know what I'm saying? Like, look, I'm a Michigan fan. I think Clemson are overrated, personally. I don't think Clemson are the fourth best team in the country. Like, if Clemson, if Clemson played Michigan, I would take Michigan. If Clemson played Alabama, I would take Alabama. If Clemson played TCU, I would take TCU. If Clemson played the Oregon Ducks, it would be close as hell. Um, The USC Trojans in Clemson, close as hell. LSU Clemson, hey, that's something to note, actually. LSU guys are ranked 10th in this thing. So, in other words, like, their, their game against Alabama is real. I, you know, I brought it up, and I don't think people, like, when I said, you know, it's a big game. It's a big game for LSU. And Alabama, this is like big time stuff, even though it's flying under the radar because Georgia and Tennessee are playing against each other uh, this week. But Alabama ranks six, LSU are ranked 10th. So, in other words, do the math. LSU win this game and they're going to skyrocket. They'll be in the playoff mix suddenly. College football is fun, there's a lot of crap to it. It's like politics, it's just sort of seedy and like frustrating and corrupt. But at the same point in time, like, you know, tune that stuff out and just remember there's a lot of football left. There's still four games left, guys, and the conference championship game. So there's five games left. It's too early for any of us of to start complaining, right? Like, I'm a Michigan fan. Oh, you know, why, do we, oh, why are we fifth and why, why aren't we ahead of Clemson? Who cares? Who cares? Michigan, you know what? Remain undefeated, beat Ohio State, you're in the playoffs. It's pretty simple. So it doesn't matter what we are. I mean, it's it's kind of irrelevant. Although not a lot of people predicted that Tennessee would be number one. So Tennessee are now ranked number one. College football. So forget about the AP and all this stuff. That doesn't matter. All right. With all due respect to my boy Brent Beard, who votes uh, for the Heisman, he can't affect like the um, the the playoff committee. Right. So they're you know they've got the rank number one right now. And I guess so, whatever. I mean, they, they do have a, a ton of impressive wins, but I wouldn't have them ahead of Georgia. But it is what it is. It doesn't matter because they play each other this week. So who cares? So Tennessee are number one. Ohio State are number two. Georgia are number three. Clemson are number four. Michigan are five. So if you look at this, it, it's it's an elimination chamber here, man. Like the bracket is set. That's when people bitch about the playoff. You kind of have one in a way. 
in which you've got Tennessee, Georgia playing, and you got Michigan and Ohio State playing in a couple of weeks. And Michigan's got to survive and get through Rutgers, Illinois, etc. But uh, you know they, they've got to get there. So it sort of writes itself. Clemson, to me, are the ones that are getting the free pass here. Like I'm just you know if I if it was me, I'd have TCU. Like Clemson are ranked way too high. If I was doing the rankings, I would be Georgia one, Tennessee two, Ohio State three and I would even have Michigan ahead of Ohio State kind of but like Ohio State sort of get a free pass all the time like people bitch about Michigan not playing anybody Ohio State haven't played anybody right like yeah, it's just it's people like to complain about Harbaugh I think Clemson are overrated I think TCU are getting a little bit screwed over here considering they're 8-0 and Alabama are ahead of them The Ducks are eight, so let's go through it here. And everyone, you know, most of the media just sort of focused in on the four, right? So it's Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson. If the playoffs started today, there you go. It's irrelevant, though. Michigan's five, Alabama six, TCU seven. The Oregon Ducks are eight. The USC Trojans are nine. The LSU Tigers are 10. Ole Miss are 11. And UCLA are 12. So you tell me, how the hell? Like, you know, like, I get it. This is the problem with the with this stuff. My This is my beef with it. The SEC is my beef. Because the committee, it's almost like the committee, it's like Boss Hogg and like, uh, you know, Roscoe Pico train here. We're in Hazard County. You cannot get more rigged. You know what I mean? Like, everyone in the SEC seems to get two chances and everybody else lose once and you're done. That's the thing that's bothersome. In which, uh, okay, are you going to squeeze two teams in from the SEC again? Are you actually going to be fair about this? So, one team that... The Pac-12, I would not dismiss. Now, Jerry Palm joined us earlier in the week. He thinks TCU is going to lose to Texas. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure TCU will win, but I'm not sure to write off the. Te- you know, I'm not. I'm not going to write them off in that game. I think Alabama are going to lose again. I don't think this is like an awesome Alabama team. They're good, but they're not better than these other teams in the SEC. They're the same as them. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we saw it with Alabama and Tennessee. It went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and whatever. Tennessee won, right? But, you know, we saw it. Look at the Texas Longhorns. They barely beat the Texas Longhorns. Uh, Alabama did. Like, Alabama, are, you know, they're good, but they're not that, oh, and Alabama, you know, some sort of juggernaut or something like that. I think LSU are going to play with them this week. An LSU check-in at 10. But the Pac-12 is a conference to keep your eye on here, in which the Pac-12 often gets criticized, but they're getting a lot of respect. I mean, the Ducks are ranked 8th. The Trojans are ranked ninth, The UCLA Bruins are ranked uh, 12th. So these teams all do somewhat control their own destiny. And specifically the Ducks, right? The Ducks, you know, they're going to be able, and basically, look, guys, the Pac-12 championship game could either be like Oregon versus USC or the UCLA Bruins. Now, imagine they both come in with with one loss as well. That's going to be a pretty high-profile game. Like, imagine it's like the Pac-12 championship and it's the Ducks versus the USC Trojans. The winner could get in. So Michigan, Michigan, like, you know, the the top, you know, Tennessee, Ohio State, Michigan, and Georgia all really do control their own destiny. And Clemson, to me, are the ones that shouldn't get this free pass. They're not that good. Like, they're not that good. Like, I would take USC to beat them. I would take LSU to beat them. Like, I almost have to get to, like, you know, Ole Miss and UCLA before I'd be like, okay, I guess Clemson could beat them. 
you know, so Clemson get Notre Dame this week. I'd really like to buy in and say that Notre Dame could beat them, but Notre Dame are big chokers. Right. Notre Dame never beat anybody good. Like, I've fallen for Notre Dame's crap a couple of times this year already, and I'm not ready to do it, even though I don't believe in Clemson. And it's funny because I like Clemson. I got, you know, I'm not an anti-Clemson guy, and I've, I've enjoyed betting on them over the years. And, you know, I like, I like their little their rock thing and all that that they got going on. But it, it sort of bothers me where they're, they're, the respect that they're getting. They're not that good. The ACC sucks. Like, TCU are way better than Clemson. Like, the, the the Big 12 is way better than the ACC. Who's good in the ACC? You know, Clemson don't even blow people out in a bad conference. But if you are TCU and you are the Pac-12, the best possible thing that could happen would be the Clemson lose to Notre Dame. Right? You know, that, that would be the best possible scenario. And I'm thinking for all of us that don't want to see two teams from the SEC get in, basically, to me, it would be um, the best-case scenario is Georgia beats Tennessee because Georgia will get more of a benefit of the doubt than Tennessee will. Like, Georgia loses once. They're not going to get written off right away. It's going to be fun to see how it plays out. And we've got some great, great games this week. Like, this is really, really, really cool. Like, this Saturday, this this is like the real separation Saturday. That LSU-Alabama game is going to be a track meet, man. You know, sometimes we've fallen for it and we've, we've, we've said, oh, there's no way, how is this? Look, I thought Tennessee and Kentucky would be higher scoring. Kentucky choke, couldn't score, ten, you know what I mean? It get turned into a route. Tennessee took the pedal off the metal. And it still could have nearly got there, but it just it, it fell short. So as it is right now, the Georgia Bulldogs at FanDuel are laying eight and a half to the Tennessee Volunteers. The total is 65 and a half. An incredibly high number as far as the total is concerned for a Georgia Bulldog game. My gut tells me that Georgia are going to mess them up. LSU Alabama, I'm smashing it. What, it's 57 and a half at FanDuel right now? Dear God, give me the over. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. While the Philadelphia Phillies, two wins away right now. 
we've got problems. I've got the Houston Astros to win in five and to win in six, although I didn't go massive on it because it was plus 550 and stuff like that. But I do have a play on the Astros to win the World Series, and it'll bother me just because I don't even like the Houston Astros. So I don't like losing money on teams that I don't like, but it is what it is. But it's going to be a fun World Series. We're not done yet. It's just Houston's in tough, man, right? I mean, I know they don't panic and they're rolling out. They didn't shake anything up as far as the rotation is concerned. But I'd be a little bit concerned if I was Dusty Baker right now. That building is a it's, – it's, it's an asylum. It was so loud. So if you're just joining us right now, and we were talking about this. I think we were going to a break before, and uh, we're, we're up against it right now. We've got a couple minutes left. But it was so loud tonight, and, and – Remember, I was talking about this, and I, I it's funny. I said this before I even knew about this earthquake, that I said that stadium, I've never seen a baseball crowd as, like, rowdy and as just nuts as they are in Philadelphia. And when, when Harper hit a home run tonight, it actually registered as an earthquake with the Penn State University uh, seismic, their, uh, you know, their, their meters there. And they had to say, no, it's not an earthquake. It's just the Phillies. Basically, the entire city of Philadelphia shook. So that not just the stadium, but the city itself shook enough to register as an earthquake. Um, on you know that's, that's some serious stuff. And the deal is, my deal is, listen, if you lose again, if you're Houston, you're down 3-1. And then the next day, you're going to make it. You could lose the World Series. And... You got Justin Verlander, which normally would be like, wow, man, you got me Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander's never won a World Series start in his life. You don't want him going up there with your back against the wall. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.